0: You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective podcast network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. My time is yours. I was the last man standing. It's
1: yours. I am the man, and the man feels no pressure.
0: You are facing a duel. In- Suicide machine, fear from the man that rules the world. I'm the man when I walk, the ground shakes. I am the master. I am the ruler. I you.
1: you are now entering the vicious circle. Welcome to the vicious circle, Sid. We are back behind the mics. We are ready to record.
0: How you doing, man? I'm doing good. I'm still just a, a little bit of shock and nausea. Uh, I'm just a little nausea, is that if that's the right, uh, the way to pronounce that? Um, but I don't want to talk about is that guy Barry Norman and things he's done to all these people out there. But we'll talk about that later. Other than that, Rob, I've had a great week. You saw the pictures I sent you. Yes, it was some pizza and. Um, Getting ready. I'm really looking forward to Comic Con. This, uh, um, My friends are, we're just, we're going to make, I think we're going to make a road trip of it. We're just really looking forward to getting out of here and doing something.
1: Excellent. Yeah. And that's the one coming up in the end of April, isn't it? Up in Canada. Right. Yes. Yeah.
0: That's going to be, I, just, I can't wait to see Dr. Evil, you know, or <laughs> Steve Evil, you know. Yes. Uh, I have been looking forward to that. I can't wait for you two to come up and visit or come down and visit. So. Looking forward to that I've been doing a little, you know, it's, you know, I've got a big yard. You've seen it now. It's a lot of, you know, starting all the upkeep on it. Um, um, we'll just let that ring. You got it. Uh, but no, uh, just getting everything ready for the, you know, the flower bushes. I'm gonna also do always, oh, and you've seen it, and you've ate my tomatoes. I'm gonna do a few tomatoes in my flower flower bed, in my flower beds. Nice. You know, a few squashed. And I like that for the ornamental look. And, you know, we talked about it. I love gardening. Um, but I'm going to um, have a few t- more tomatoes. I, you know, that day I fixed those to- Wasn't that good? Those were that amazing. Fresh, that fresh tomato. You don't beat a real tomato. No. no. No no, chemicals, you know, just good water and soil. Uh, that's important thing about that too, Rob, is you don't have to put chemicals if you, you know, you know regulate your pH and, uh, all your m- micro-elements and stuff like that to be sure that that plant's getting that, you don't have to spray that on there. You know, and two, when you spray, like, tomatoes, it forces them grow so fast they split. You ever notice? I've seen sometimes? something like that, yeah. Yeah, and that's what that's from. Really? But uh, look forward to getting back to that. Um, uh, of course, uh, working on my pond, fixing, turn my pumps back on and get my waterfall going out there ready to do some fishing. Nice. Also- yeah. Can't wait for you to come down and do some fishing. We'll just sit out there and relax sometime. So
1: when does spring officially start down there?
0: Well, You know, Rob, because of climate change, it's really, it was 70 degrees today. Day. Like 70 degrees here today. Oh, wow. 70 degrees. So it's technically already kind of there. Yeah, with the time changed. I mean, uh, I don't see, uh, when I looked at the weather, I didn't see anything. That you know below seventy, you know. So I think we're there. Oh know? wow! Well, see, and that's when, good. When is when, but when is a when do they say spring is official?
1: Uh, was it March twenty first? I March guess twenty first. It's the first official day of spring.
0: March. Well, of course we get a warm climate here, and that could be, I guess, making me think it's spring before it is. But I, I don't see us. Uh, Having another, you know, anything drastically cold. So then you can start your gardening almost. You know. Well, what I'll do is that what I'll do is I'm gonna um I'm gonna build me just with this. They got those bull, those stupid dogs. I'm gonna put just a little fence around, like it Now I got a uh, these huge tomato planters. You saw them; they're bigger than me. Yeah. So I'm gonna. That dog can't get in that. So I'm gonna take a shovel and, you know Get all the weeds and grass out of the way then I'm gonna put my you know put those down and then um, spray uh, not spray anything throw a little fertilizer down to get into the soil and then um, let that you know say I'd say I think it's safe to say you can start planting around May nice you know you know so I got March April and then you know maybe a little earlier in that we got I, I did notice we're getting a new nursery. Uh, this year. So that's going to be sort of cool, too. Oh, nice. Like for to sell live plants, like pl- uh, flowers. Yeah. Flowers, plants. I'm going to do a... Um, I always put a few uh, planters around my swimming pool. You know, uh, they got those little planters they put on the... On, I get a you know a wire... I mean, a metal gate around my pool. Yeah. So I'll put some planters in that. Nice. And what you do, put some wild strawberries in that. I'm thinking about it also... If I could trust my dog, put me a few cinder blocks out, you know, uh, maybe have it right there. In my, I, I could do it in my front yard that way the dogs couldn't get into it. But just put four on each corner of my flower bed right behind, right in front of my tomato plant. And then they'll have those wild strawberries coming out in front of the tomatoes. Oh, wow. That'd be cool.
1: So you plant a head of lettuce and you got a salad sitting right there in your garden. <laughs> there you go, man. Nice. Well, our topic today is uh, your time off between WWF and WCW. Now we we talked before how when you ended your time at WWF, there was still a bit of time on your contract, so they ran that out. How did that right. conversation go? Like, how did they decide not to put you on TV anymore, or? You know what,
0: Rob? I never talked to them I, I, when uh, when we had that that meeting, or they didn't have. They went there. Vince was not there. I, I told Jack Lanza the last night in, in Boston at the Boston Gardens. I said, if you guys ask me to do this again, I said there will be no talk. Don't call. Don't bother calling my house because uh, I won't answer your phone call. So if, if this is what Vince's idea of uh, you know uh, ultimate heat, you know I don't see it like that. So. I'm, I'm not going to be coming back, so it won't do you any good to call me. And they called and called and called and called, and I just never did answer the phone. I got uh, my, my lawyer, uh, got with WCW, and uh, they got me out of it. Oh, okay. So you had basically
1: spoken to them before even the final day at WWF. Right.
0: Okay. Then what What was the length of the gap well, this is what it was. They wanted to try to, um, you know, one of the things they wanted to do is hope that I would, you know, just go back to work because and, and, they owed me a WrestleMania check, which is a that's the biggest check of the year. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I wasn't going to forfeit that, you know, so I I just said I'll just sit at home until I get that. As soon as I got that, I went back to work the next day.
1: Gotcha. Okay.
0: And that's all they were doing, holding it up and hoping, you know, uh, hoping maybe, you know, that I might change my mind, you know. Uh, but, you know, the thing is, I never talked to him after that. Um, you know, I, I just didn't have, I didn't trust them. I didn't have no intentions to talk to him. Okay. Now, I, dr- so, go ahead. Go, go ahead. I, I could get back to WCW fast enough. That, that seems to be your home. Well, it was the place Rod they treated you, like human beings. Uh, you know, you made unbelievable. the money was 10 times what, you know, Vince paid you. It was just, it was a, it was a first class company. Hmm.
1: Okay. So now when you had your off time, I know you did some softball because obviously you're right in the heart of the season. So of course you'd be out on the field. How did that, we, we talked about that. How did that love for baseball and softball, how did that
0: start? Well, Rob, we talk about, I think, a little bit where, you know, baseball, you know, football, you know, boxing, they were all uh, my favorite sport. But my favorite of all was baseball. And, uh, I mean, man, if the coach told me, you know, you know, don't go outside today, you know, don't go swimming, don't play basketball, you know, stay inside, you know, um, just whatever. You know, I was that and in, that into baseball. Um, we had curfews, I remember, and, and this old guy, he just died recently, John Fraser was his name, and he didn't have to do these things, but they instilled those things in me, and so, man, if, if it rained out a game, and this is no exaggeration, and I'm not uh, too proud to say this, I cried, I cried like a baby, that that meant that much to me to play, you know, and then, of course we talk about in the book, walking that railroad track, you know, down that, you know by myself to the game, there. You know that's just to me. That was uh, it. Was just uh, everything. The whole memory was great. But getting to the field and getting out on the field and I mean, I mean, I just it, it just meant more than in anything. So and so softball sort of just took its place. Okay, you know.
1: So now in softball, were you more of the fielder? Like, was that your game, or were you the hitter? You liked hitting?
0: No, no, I could do both. Uh, oh yeah, think about it when I first started playing softball, I did both. I played field and everything. And, uh, Rob, I don't have to brag about this. I am really fast, um, for a big guy. Uh, and you know, uh, I think I ran a four, at three thirty. That's, that's moving pretty good. Yeah. So I you know an outfield, I could, you know, cover some distance and I played a pretty good, uh, first baseman sometime. Now, what I ended up playing at the end was catcher because I didn't really have to get in the way of things. And then one time I hurt myself sliding. And so after that, I was I, I was designated DH. Okay. I, I, what it was, I think you heard about this, softballs plagued me in my in the wrestling business. So after I hurt, uh, skipped my leg up, I didn't want to take the chance of getting in. I I'd actually got, believe it or not, When I was recovering from my lung surgery, uh, they found out I was playing softball. They told me to go back home and gain more weight. And that's what I was doing. But uh, someone told me for playing softball, so they made me put legs over in a clash of champions in in 30 seconds.
1: Yes. I remember us talking about that on the episode. (laughs) I
0: said, said, you paid me $250,000. Thank you very much.
1: (laughs) Yep. That's the quickest money I've ever made. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So... um... Now, that downtime did that drive you crazy just kind of sitting or did you find stuff to do
0: no I I, I just what it was Rob I'd lost a real lot a whole lot of weight uh, what it was I'd gone in the hospital three different times before they did the surgery mm-hmm. and uh, I just it I just got run down bad and when they saw me they weren't for sure that you know uh, they wouldn't probably take the chance anymore and so I just I just drove myself, you know, eat, 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 work out three times a day and, and just push, 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 push. And even that wasn't enough at first. And this kept going, kept going. And then all of a sudden about when Dusty was coming back into WCW, that's when I sort of hit my stride again. As far as, you know, I had a good look again, I think, you know. Yeah. So, but, um, but, um, but it took a while. It wasn't, that wasn't an easy thing to recover from. No. So, uh, and that's why I'm hoarse today because of that, you know, part of my lungs been, you know, cut away.
1: Yeah. Well, and see, that was a long time. So now you've had almost a year between WWF and WCW. How was that downtime? Cause you weren't recuperating from
0: anything. Well, I was just playing softball. Yeah. Yeah. I was playing softball. And, and uh, you know, I don't really remember being it, being that long. And one of the things that I was doing is this, is that's when I drove down to, dallas and and i uh, recruited uh the harlem heat for wcw oh okay so i wasn't wrestling i was i was still working you know helping wcw i actually um hired them and i hired colonel parker as well gave them their uh gimmicks and the whole nine yards
1: so you were still working a bit right gotcha okay but okay now it makes more sense um and my next question was, what made you decide to go back to WW? But it, it sounds like this was something set up before, like you said, as being the better company to work with. You why? wanted to get back there.
0: Yeah. You know, um, I even went to Vince one time and said, man, I want to shake your hand. Thank you for all your opportunities. I said, man, but I'm not ready for this place. And Rob, I wasn't. Uh, I'm not, a, I, I, it's not saying. You have to, you know, it it would help if you were a cutthroat type person, if if you could lie and stooge on people, you know, to to make your way. I just didn't want to make my way that way. Now, because of other things that happened, you know, down the road, I sort of had to do that, but that's another story.
1: Gotcha. Well, um, the question here, and I, I think I know the answer already. Did you find it difficult going from WWF back to WCW?
0: No, not at all. It was, uh, everybody welcomed me with, uh, you know, wide open arms. The thing about me, Robin, when I come to a territory, people that are smart, they usually go, okay, man, we got someone here that's going to help us. You know, I- I've heard that and I'm not putting myself over, but even when I went and did the hundredth anniversary of, uh, Raw, which I was, you know, much, you know, past my prime, I heard guys saying, uh. It was really it was really a nice compliment i can't think of the guy's name um anyway he said hey guys this guy could help us you know and i really appreciated that you know because when i came into a place there was a good chance that things could get better
1: that is a nice compliment to be paid because that shows that you are a worker you know like you're willing to work with people not just for yourself
0: right rob exactly
1: nice so then what was it like coming back into that locker room
0: well, it was, it was, man, it was like coming, coming home, you know, um, um, of course if the first, you know, if you're talking about uh, the town with, I uh, brought Harlem, he, you know, I set all that up, you know, months before I could get there. And so it was just like, again, coming back home. I knew everybody there, me and Robert rode together. If that's the time you're talking about. Yeah.
1: Just that first time back.
0: Yeah. So it was just, man, we were, just, it was like the old days me and robert from continental you know and this is the thing is you don't realize too rob that here we are making tons of money and living the life of you know rock stars hell me and robert was just two goofy old guys playing crazy eights over the corner <laughs> you know we you know we never you know just you know saved our money you know robert partied a little bit but we had a we stayed in the same condo together him and his girlfriend and than me, uh, I had mine that my wife would visit sometime, but uh, it was nice down there. It was it right there at Lake Lanier? I had two jet skis, had my truck down there. Shit, when we weren't working, man, we were having a good time. Oh, wow,
1: out on the lake, I imagine.
0: Yeah, well,
1: and you got to take your downtime, you have to be able to decompress, right? So, I get that now. Uh, going back to that locker room, who was booking at that time? Was that Dusty still?
0: I think it was Ole. Was it Ole then? Yeah, I know it was Ole because it was Bill Watts, and Bill Watts offered me a a position with him. The time I came back to sign my contract, because I wasn't out of my contract yet, the time I came back, uh, Bill Watts had been fired. Ole had been rehired, and and I worked with Ole in the office. Okay. That's how, that's how we got Harlem Heat and Colonel Parker. And we were going to get Sean Walkman, but uh, uh, they beat us to him.
1: Oh, WWF or WWE yeah. or,
0: yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I wish we could have got him. Not, you know, uh, he's just a, you know, when you're, you know, trying to get something going, you want a hard worker like that, you know, that works hard every night, and gives it all like a Vader, a Bigelow, Shawn Michaels, because, you know, if you're not out there busting your ass and working hard, it, it won't happen, you know. And, and the WCW was down a little bit, and they needed to, um, you know, have people that wanted to work hard and, and, and get things moving.
1: So now coming back to the locker room, was there any new faces that you that you got to meet for the first time? Because I can't imagine the locker room was exactly the same as when you left.
0: No, it wasn't. There was um, sort of funny. I think there was a guy, that, I don't think he was there when I was there. His name was Van Hammer. Uh, he, he did this, this like this music guitar thing. You know, he played the guitar or something. Oh, yeah? I got a funny story. Bill Dundee was the booker. or not the booker, the, uh, just an agent. And uh, me and Colonel Parker, which is Robert Fuller, uh, we're sitting there talking, and um, uh, Bill's the agent, and he goes, um, uh, Van Hammer says, Sid, I'll tell you what to do, man. I'll close line you and blah, blah, blah. Do this, do this. I said, No, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to come out. I'm going to kick you to the gut. I'm going to power bomb you. One, two, three. <laughs> and, and then Bill Dundee, Bill Dundee said, Okay, mate, I guess that's it. So, <laughs> I said, hey, he's the big man. We're <laughs> not going to question him, you know. So that was, uh, see, this is the thing is, Rob, you had to be able to do things like that in this business, to, you know. And I've said this, and you've heard me say this, be an opportunist. Yeah. You know, you have to be able to do that. And that got me over, right? hmm Where the guy had no offense. He thought he was something. He had a good look, you know, had a good look. So for me, just to annihilate him like that, I mean, it was just like, that was perfect for me, you know. Were you excited to
1: work with anybody that you met, new?
0: Um, I always excited to work with Sting. Um, um.
1: I do remember, because he's still your favorite match from Halloween Havoc.
0: Yeah, um, it's always exciting to work with him. Um. I'm trying to. You know, the thing about it is, uh, I worked with Booker T a little bit. I hadn't worked with him before. That was pretty fun. Um, Chef, he's a little bit of a prima donna. Um, well, let me ask you then, because you said you were working for him beforehand. How did you
1: find out about Booker T and Stevie Ray?
0: I saw him. I saw them on TV on Global Championship Wrestling. And I said, man. I said, and, and I, Stevie just looked like someone. Just out of prison, you know, just big, burly-looking dude, and, and Booker had that presence too, um, and um, I said, man, this would be a great. And, and WCW was really known for their tag teams, and uh, and I said, man, these, I mean, these guys would fit perfect in here. You know what I mean? You had the Steiners, you had Steve Williams and uh, Vader and Stan Hansen. You know, you had all these great combinations, the Road Warriors. You know, um, uh, then you had, you know, the the dynamic dude. You just had a thousand tag teams. And um, I thought if you brought them in and let them, like, strap people after their matches, that that would be a natural way to build into a strap match. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, um, uh, but uh, uh, I guess uh, Ted Turner or somebody said, and what we were building them, is Colonel Parker had gotten them, you know, the Harlem Heat off death row. Uh, uh, the governor of Louisiana was a big gambler. And so uh, Colonel Parker said, I don't want your money. I want these two guys off death row. And so he got them, right? Because they had a few scars on them, on their back, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, so my theory was, you know, okay, now the man done beat you down. Now it's time for you to beat the man down. And so after every match, they'd have strapped the shit out of these skinny white guys. <laughs> yeah. But it wasn't, that's not discrimination to me. You know, because you're, you're strapping white guys.
1: It's almost like that, reverse discrimination. It is. Yeah.
0: And so it would not have it would, have, it would have built them a ton of heat. And, and, uh, and I say skinny, the skinnier the guy, the better, because they're like, man, won't you, you know, strap Sid? He's a big guy, you know? Mm -hmm. Or I'm just using myself for example, but it would be a natural angle, you know, to do that. And they look ominous. You know, they they came out with those prison-like clothes with those black, those those white belts, you know. Yes. It would have been cool as hell.
1: So how did you approach, like, having seen them, how did you get them hooked into WCW?
0: What I did is I I just booked myself in a match down in Texas where they were at and went down there and approached them really yep.
1: and how did you end up bringing them back to wcw like did you did wcw know before you went down
0: yeah they knew i was going down to look at them and then when i came back i told them about them and then um i moved them in my apartment for three four months yeah so
1: you, they, men- you mentioned that at one point one of them had your boots
0: yeah th- i gave them both pair of boots
1: oh nice but yeah, and it, it paid off. I remember when they first showed up on the scene. I, I, that stuff I remember vividly watching is when they first came on the scene. Yeah. And that was kind of, like you said, ominous, watching those guys go. Right. Well, um, I'm going to stop there because we're going to, next episode, get into coming back to WCW. But uh, we've you've been talking to a few people, and we're looking at bringing some more people on the show.
0: Right. Who have you been talking to? Well, uh, I got uh, Ron Fuller, who he's got a podcast. He wants to come on to the show. His brother Robert, who uh, you know, I, you know, he 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 pretty much was my first full time booker down at Continental. Mm-hmm. He's he. i talked to him. He wants to come and do it as, soon as we get everything lined back out. Um, we'd like to get Kenny on here sometime just to tell, you know, introduce him to everybody and, and about what's going on in the book. Um, and then, um, uh, um, uh, just move forward. I think we've, um, uh, been doing really, really good with this podcast. We're not going to, I want everybody to know just cause this little hiccup, we're not going to, we're not going to quit this thing. We're going to make this thing work better and it's going to be better. Uh, don't you think so, Rob? Oh,
1: absolutely. And I know a couple of other people, uh, you were talking to Gilberg,
0: Right. Gilberg wants to come on and, um, and then of course, um, uh, It's a, it's a shame, you know, when people work so hard and then you get one person who just quits. But you know, the really thing is, is that we've had a lot of comments saying that they didn't really uh, appreciate very what he did, and also they didn't think he was that good on the show. So, you know, I I guess we're not really missing anything there.
1: Well, we're Uh, we are going to continue to make this the best weekend.
0: Yes, we are, and Rob, you you've done a good job of you know trying to make up for Barry you know pull his, you know pulling his weight that he was doing I'm we're both having to pull an extra person weight um we do want to uh, reach out to Barry and s- say we know Barry that that you're suffering from mental illness and that's a tough thing to suffer from and that our hearts are with you our prayers are with you and if you ever want to reach out to us we're here we're, we're, you know you know we're we're disappointed you know that you um you know, it it got like this, and I and I know you wouldn't have done this only because of this mental disorder you have. You would have not lashed out at me or Rob, or made these decisions like that, booked that flight and stuff. We know that's not the real you, and uh, and we want you to know that we care about you, and that and then we hope that the real you will come back around, and uh and we'll love to like, hear from the real you. You know when. When you feel like that's time, you know. But right now, we want you to go, continue, get help from that therapist you're getting help from. I hope that's working, and I hope all these you these demons you're dealing with, these mental disabilities, and this 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 depression, and all this. I hope that you beat it, and we're all praying for you. So again, get in touch with me and Rob. You know we're open to talk to you. you no, know, uh you know. It'd uh, be a little scared to see you. We don't know how you would act right now, you know, but we'd definitely like to hear from you. I don't think you could hurt us over the phone. You know, I think you've gone, you know, but I hope you've not gone that far. But anyway, um, but we're praying for you and Rob's praying for you. And, and uh, just call us if you want to. And if we can help you any way we can, you know, we'd like to, I think it's, you know, we're scared to past the point of, uh, from, you know, to the point of no return, but we're here if you need us, man. And, and, um, we know, we know that you're weak right now. And and that sad cause you're such a strong person and we all know that you're a strong person and, and, and we know you're going to beat this 100%. And, um, again, man, we're, we're thinking about you. Um, um, uh, the people at AMC theater, they're thinking about you. Um, uh, they want you to get well too, you know. They, they've offered you help. Take their help, and uh, you know, and, and man, Rome wasn't built in a day, right, Rob?
1: No, no, it does take a while. It does take a while, and I know I told Barry too. I said I loved our chats, you know, because we used to talk theater, we used to talk movies right. and stuff like that. And it's like I told him anytime he wants to chat with me, please get a hold of me.
0: Barry's you one know? of the best. Barry's one of the best communic. I mean, as far as conversation. You know, you can. not Sometimes he could be. I mean, he's the one of the best people to talk to. Yes, he's got amazing stories, like that Woodstock story. Remember that Woodstock story? I
1: do, absolutely.
0: And, and thing about it is true. You know, he. So yep. I mean, you know, and he, he uh he, he usually never lies, but I, you know that's the cool thing about. It. But now this again, and I don't want to harp on this, but when he goes from that to talking about a lady who's lost her leg to cancer. That's where some, That's where we know the problem is. And, and, Barry, again, we're hoping you get help. We're praying for you. And give us a call when you feel like it because we want to talk to you. Right, Rob? Absolutely. Absolutely. We love, we love you, man.
1: Well, I'm going to end this on one last note because we have one other special person we hope to get on very soon. We were talking about him just before this pod started was Danny Davis.
0: Yes, 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 yes. Yes.
1: I'm a little excited for him because he's the first person I ever really hated. In wrestling, why? Right. Because he played such a heel referee. So I'm right. I'm anxious to get him on here and talk with us.
0: Cool, cool, cool.
1: All right. Well, I guess on that note, we will get to our question.
0: All right, man. My time. Is
1: and it's now time for a question. We've got Mike from Virginia. Mike, what have you got for us?
0: Hey, Sid. Um, I know that you had a really good working relationship with Vader,
1: and. I always wonder, did he really pop his eye out and then pop it back in?
0: You know, uh, not with me, he didn't. From my understanding, that was a match he was having with Stan Hansen, and that it, it popped out and he popped it back in. Now, I wouldn't say that it didn't happen, because Vader was just that tough of a guy. And uh, uh, um, I think we've talked about it on your podcast a little bit. That was the, one of the enjoyable things about working with him. He just he was a hard worker. He was a workhorse, and and I wouldn't doubt that he did something like that. Thanks a lot, Mike. That was good.
1: You've been listening to the Vicious Circle Podcast. Your host, Sid Udy. Co-host, J. Robert Bellamy. Additional research by Pete Marsh. The Vicious Circle Podcast was produced by Two Cousin Road Trip Media, a division of JX3 Media Productions. The intro music, Omega Amigo, was by The Shaman. All rights to the podcast are held by Sid Udy.